Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK, and this week we're taking a look at three different films and one series on Netflix for you. First up this week is The Glorias, which came out on Amazon Prime, and it's a film about the life of Gloria Steinem, who is a feminist icon, leader of the women's movement in the United States, and it's based on her autobiography, My Life on the Road. And an important piece of framing I wish I'd had before seeing this film was from the director, Julie Taymor, who I have very mixed to not big fan of feelings on, except for Frida. She said, it's a road book. It's not a typical three-act structure type film. And not knowing that going into it, I was like, okay, I can see there are attempts at creative filmmaking and storytelling. There's a lot of sort of metaphors and, and versions of the character talking to themselves. And Gloria Steinem is portrayed by multiple actresses through parts of her life. Julianne Moore, I think, is, of course, the biggest name involved. She plays middle to late to her life, most mature version of Gloria Steinem. Alicia Vikander is younger Gloria Steinem. And then you've got a couple young actresses playing her when she is much younger, who I think actually do a very good job. The biggest challenge to me is I think you can have a movie that's not a typical three-act structure, but it felt so disjointed and I feel like the film got caught up in its own self-importance. And that's not to say that Gloria Steinem is not an important character. I firmly believe she is. And there are other very important women who are featured or their characters are featured in this film that don't get enough attention. You've got Janelle Monet playing Dorothy Pittman Hughes. You've got Lorraine Toussaint playing Flo Kennedy. You've got this cornucopia of other feminist figures who just don't get that type of attention, but it is sort of about Gloria Steinem. And while there are important points, I think it really just got caught up in its own hubris. And then about an hour in, you get this very kind of typical Julie Taymor type, uh, surreal, artistic interludes. And the fact that it didn't appear until an hour in, I was like, wait, who directed this movie? And then I saw it was Julie Taymor and I went, oh, okay, that makes sense but why are you introducing something so late to the game? It just it felt very jarring. I think the second part of the film is actually much stronger, which is not always the case in movies, and I think it's because the first hour is almost expendable. It didn't feel like, to me at least, that the information in the first hour, kind of exploring her early childhood, was pertinent enough to the second half of the film, to when she really starts to get going. I think it could have been done much more concisely. The movie is two and a half hours, or almost two and a half hours long. I think I would have liked to see it buttoned up more, or I would have liked to see this actually spread out. It's kind of too opposite ends of the spectrum here but I could have seen this being a, a mini series and multiple vignettes of her life on the road but trying to jam it all together and use these not holier than thou but self-indulgent storytelling moments wasn't the way for me at least to go. Gloria Steinem clearly was pretty involved in this so I would want to say that she deserves better than this but clearly she is happy or she seems happy with, with the results so if that's what you get, that's what you get. I think there are probably better films that cover the women's movement if that's what you're interested in. If you're interested in Gloria Steinem herself, I guess this is as close to an autobiographically blessed film as we're going to get. So if that is your jam, by all means, go ahead. I, I don't, oh God. There were also just some production value things that really bothered me. Like the wigs are so bad, so, so bad. And then Alicia Vikander, she's not an American, totally fine, but she's doing this weird kind of muppety voice. And, and, and then I was like, is that how Gloria Steinem actually talked or talks when she was younger? And no, that's not how she talks. So I'm not sure. And Julianne Moore every once in a while puts it on, but then you listen to actual Gloria Steinem talk and it's like, that's not actually how she speaks. So I'm not sure what this affectation is meant to accomplish aside from maybe that's the only way that Alicia Vikander could get into this character. It just felt sloppy and messy to me and it's a subject that I'm usually inherently interested in and so the fact that it made me not particularly interested was a bummer and a disappointment to me so I'm only going to give it two and a half out of five. Next up is A Call to Spy and again I, I want to support females produced and female-led and female-written films 
But this was also just a disappointment where I felt like the source material was more interesting and more important and more fascinating than the movie did service to. It takes place in World War II. It's based on true events. It's about all these female spies. It's got Sarah Megan Thomas, Donna Kotick, Radhika Apti, who she was the best part of this film. And if this film had just focused on her storyline, I would have been really interested and impressed. She is, her, she plays a character who's actually was based on a real person. They're all based on real people who basically these women are dropped into France to help spy on the French during Germany, German occupied France during World War II. Her character is a woman named Noor and she is this, she's a Muslim Indian British citizen who grew up in France and came from a prominent family. And just, there was a bunch of stuff to her character I was like, there is a gold mine here and we are just kind of blazing past it for the white characters. And I don't think it's necessarily about race, but the other characters did not have as complex backgrounds and rich backgrounds to draw from for me. And yes, they are all, you know, kind of trailblazers in some senses, but you have this one super unique character and then you've got these other two that weren't as interesting to me. I also think Radhika Apti gave the best performances, which is ironic because I didn't realize until later that Sarah Megan Thomas, who plays the kind of main spy, she plays an American woman who keeps getting denied diplomat service. And so she sort of subcontracts herself to the British to help spy in France. And it is written by her and she ends up playing the main sort of character. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's why you have this character being the focus of it because she's writing a background that is familiar to her. And I think that that kind of does a disservice if you're going to include this other really interesting character and then sort of sideline them. Her acting feels very wooden. It's very deer in the headlights. Stanakotic has this weird accent. And I couldn't tell from the start, she's kind of the character that introduces us to this and recruits these other women to spy for England. And I was like, I can't tell if her accent is great or absolutely atrocious. And they sort of try and explain why she has uh, this you know, not perfect British accent. And it does not hold up. It, I was, by the end, I was like, oh, it's just not very good. Again, I wish I'd like this film better. I have said before, I really am getting very tired of World War II films. And this was an opportunity perhaps to show a completely different side of World War II, which I would not be opposed to. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't well executed and wasn't particularly well acted. So I'm only going to give this one. So I'm also only going to give this two and a half out of five. Next up is The Boys in the Band, which came out on Netflix. And very early on into the the film I asked myself was this a play because the way that they are acting and the way that they're performing the way the dialogue is is it felt like they were performing for an audience who they expected to be there and was not there and lo and behold it is based on a play which was basically a gap in my knowledge it's a play from 1968 and so it is a period piece it does take place then so I think the attitudes towards um, homosexuality which is what it focuses on it's focusing on it takes place with this at a birthday party for a gay man in New York and it's a bunch of gay men getting together and people were very closeted and various spectrums of being out and then the plot is about there's an interloper who shows up and I have a real problem with I don't have a problem with adaptations for movies based on plays but what I do have a problem with is if you're going to adapt something for the screen take full advantage of the fact that you are not constrained to one set you know show us the world that they're living in I think the creativity in plays is trying to make one set feel like multiple locations multiple places or getting really creative about the constraint of this can only take place in one setting how do we make it the most how do we get the most out of it but if you're going to bring it to film and to a place where you do have the flexibility to expand on the story or visually show things in a different way do it 
And another film I really had a problem with doing this was Fences with Denzel Washington, where I'm like, why, why even bother? Why not just do one of those film a stage play versions, right? Because you are not really giving me anything different than what you are not doing enough to adapt this. And this also applies to the acting style. Like Jim Parsons is kind of the main protagonist. And I felt like he was chewing the scenery in this. He just did not stop talking from the second he got on screen. And I get really frustrated when you have these very theatrical performances on screen because you're not doing enough to acknowledge that your audience is right there. It's, you know, your audience is not at the back of the theater. Your audience is literally able to see you in HD, super close up. You have to adjust. This was not a successful adaptation to me. Also, just plot wise, I did not find it very interesting. Not a, a lot happens and not a lot happens. And I think there are times when maybe getting caught up in live theater, you're okay watching that interaction, but watching it play out on screen the way it did, I was just like, I don't really care. There was maybe one scene in the entire film where I was like, oh, I'm emotionally invested right now. And I don't necessarily feel like the two, the hour and a half leading up to that moment really was required to invest in that moment. I think it spoke to the strength of the actors involved, but the rest of it didn't set them up for that. So if that's unnecessary. What's the point of this, right? I was not invested in this. And I think this will resonate more with audiences who are maybe a little bit older in the gay community who lived through more of kind of the the real stigmas and the real challenges of, and not that there are not stigmas and challenges to being out right now. There's just a lot of it that will resonate more with that audience, but it feels antiquated to a modern audience. And maybe that that's a good thing, right? That means a lot of the challenges have been removed. I do think there are parts of it that still, of course, will resonate in terms of being closeted or being afraid of reactions or physical violence against the queer community so it's not meant for it's not meant for me that's for sure it's definitely not meant for me I don't think it's aimed at a younger audience a certain generation and a certain audience that will appreciate this and appreciate this portrayal it just wasn't for me and that's totally okay but I personally am only going to give this 2.7 out of 5 and then finally I have a show on Netflix that I've just started watching because it came out at midnight that I am I, I can only describe it as hate watching and it is Emily in Paris and it is on Netflix and it is from Darren Starr who is very well known for Sex in the City it stars Lily Collins and I think the reason I'm hate watching it is I, I give it credit. It is escapism. It is much like there's a show on HBO Max called Love Life with Anna Kendrick that I don't remember if I talked about, but it, it definitely is this, you know, it's the, of course these gorgeous, beautiful white women who move to an area and are in these impossibly conveniently glamorous jobs or set up to be in these inconveniently glamorous jobs and who are so proficient at what they do and it's, it's an impossible protagonist. It's just not something I necessarily relate to. It's not very similar to my personal background. But at the same time, there is a certain charm to it. And I guess it's wish fulfillment in some ways, right? We all wish we could move to Paris and start a glamorous life. Maybe maybe that's exactly what we wish, but we all have that kind of affluent dream probably that you, that you, if given the opportunity, you would probably take advantage of this. And I think escapism right now is something that we are kind of missing and this doesn't require any brain power and it's going to clearly be a romantic comedy type thing. And I at least appreciate that she's a stronger seeming female character. And I will, biggest flag in the first two episodes though, her friend is played by Ashley Park and she's playing a Chinese woman in Paris trying to teach these kids Mandarin and her Mandarin is so bad and I'm like why couldn't you have cast someone who spoke Chinese like if you're gonna if that's the crux of this character's role here why did you have to pick someone who couldn't 
speak Chinese. Like there are plenty of actresses who can speak Chinese and also are amazing actors and can act in English or can act in Mandarin. I'm sure there are plenty who can act in Mandarin and Cantonese in English. You know, it's it just felt a little lazy there. I'm not the target audience for this as well, but I can admit when I will, I acknowledge that I will be watching this. So I'm not going to give it a rating yet, but I am just putting on a folks' radars that it's around to watch. 